I'm Luke Betger, and this is On Point. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to On Point. I am so glad that you're with me today. This is the podcast where I get to speak with European church leaders, and we get to have meaningful conversations around life and leadership and church building, and I get to ask leaders uh, a little bit about their journey. I get to ask them about where they've been and where they are and where they're going, what they're excited about in life and what they're doing in ministry. And I've been having just so many great conversations with church leaders. And I, I don't know about you, but I have just been so inspired hearing the great stories of God's faithfulness in so many people's lives and hearing about really what happens when people step out in faith and obedience, willing to make a sacrifice and really ready to lean into all that God has. It's been amazing to see what God has done through these leaders. And I'm really excited for today's episode because I have somebody very special with me who you're about to hear from. And uh, this actually, this is a very different podcast today, to be honest, because it's less of me interviewing and it's more of us just having a full-on conversation. And you're going to hear a little bit more about what that is in just a minute. But I just want to say, again, thanks for listening to On Point. It's been really great so far to see the response that we've had. We've had lots of people listening from all over the world. Um, We've had many, many, many downloads of the podcast now, actually really more than I was expecting. I didn't really know what to expect, but the response has been really fantastic. And it's been cool to see how people have really leaned into that. And so I want to thank you for being a part of that. You who is listening right now, it means so much that you would actually take the time, download this podcast and listen And we're excited for the future of the podcast as well and the way that we can continue to uh, just give a platform to church leaders across Europe to hear about what they're doing and what God is doing in them and through them and in their churches and in their cities, in their nations. And uh, we're going to keep going with this thing. So uh, thank you for being on the ride with us and we're going to continue to go. But right now, I'm really excited to be in conversation with none other than my beautiful wife, Victoria Bedger. And in fact, a little behind the scenes, it's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So we've had a great day in church so far. Yes, we have. And uh, now we get to sit down and we get to talk together for yes. On Point, which is pretty cool. This is fun. I'm excited to be on it. It's fun that we get to do this. And, you know, today it's going to be a little different than what it's been because normally with On Point, I speak with uh, European church leaders and we have meaningful conversations about life and We're leadership. We're not doing that today. <laughs> and, uh, and, it's, and it's totally not going to be that. No, no. Um, I'm sure it'll be a meaningful conversation. But, and uh, we are two European church leaders. W- w- and we are. So, okay, maybe we actually fit the, uh, the bill pretty well. But what we're actually going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about sort of, um, you know, the state of the podcast, what, yep. what we've learned, some of our favorite moments over the mm-hmm. past number of shows. We've had a number of great episodes so far, which have been really cool. And uh, But we're also going to talk a little bit about ECGI, mm-hmm. a little bit more about what it is and, and what we do and who we are and where we're going and all those kinds of things. Some of our mission, vision, values, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and so it's going to be fun just to have a conversation around that today. 
and what that means. And, and we hope that you as a listener find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think that you will find it interesting. But what we want to do uh, to begin, or what I want to do to begin, I don't think Victoria wants to do this at all. Uh, but I love like, you know, these kind of weird games, like, uh, like questions like, would you rather? Yes. I think they're so fun. And, uh, you know, maybe played out about a million times too many, uh, but I don't care. <laughs> I want to ask you some would you rather questions. And then you can ask me some would you rather questions. Or I'm just going to pick these at random and we can both answer. That's good. And we've been married now uh, over nine years. Mm-hmm. We've been together 11. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how many of these we line up on and how many of these we're totally at odds on. And there's some things in our life that our lives that we are like 100%, you know, we see it the same way. Yes, the important things. Yeah, all the important <laughs> stuff. Then there's other stuff where we are like miles apart. So yes, I'm going to be interested true. in what this stuff's going to be. So This feels very vulnerable to do with people listening to it. Well, uh, yeah, here we go. That's, uh, that's how it's going to be. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, all right? Would you rather not be able to smell or not be able to taste? Smell. Although they go very much hand in hand, but I love food, so. Right, so you'd rather... Can I guess what you would choose? (laughs) Sure. You would definitely choose you would rather not taste because you love scents. Actually, that's true. If you don't know this about me, I like uh, perfumes. Yes, you do. And uh, uh, yeah, I've got like a collection of them almost. Yes, you do. Just the fact you call it a collection says a lot. I I feel like a pretentious (laughs) idiot calling it a collection. So... uh, you do I, like things that smell good. I like you, things you, that smell good. You have good. A, quite the well. It's just like every for it. every birthday and Christmas. I always ask for like a new uh, a new scent. Yes, a new perfume, a new cologne. Uh, just the fact that you call it a scent again <laughs> also says everything. A collection, and you call it that you want a new scent. Oh my goodness! Well, okay. I think that you're right. I would rather be able to keep my smell and lose the sense of taste. Also, because there's a lot of food that I just don't like. That, it's true. M- that most people do like. Right. So maybe it would actually be an advantage in getting you to eat yeah. healthier. So, so the fact that I would be able to just kind of eat whatever and not have to worry about the taste, <laughs> that's good for me. Win-win. Now, I've got a theory uh, that I'm a super taster. Yes. I don't know if I believe in this. I think it's just a fancy word for saying you're picky. <laughs> no, I have heard this theory that there are people that are called super tasters that have oversensitive taste buds. I think the problem is the fact that you've heard this and then now you're self-diagnosing that you are this. I guess that's probably too true. Maybe I'll go and get it tested for real someday and find <laughs> out. All right, next one. Would you rather dress in neon yellow or neon pink for the rest of your life? Pink, probably. Huh. But preferably neither. I'm Swedish. We we dress in black. Yeah, that's true. But if you, I guess if you had to, I don't know. I think I might go with yellow, I guess. Like it'd be highly visible to everybody yes, all the would. time. Yeah. It would work great on construction sites. It would work great <laughs> on, you know what I mean? Like it would be. Change you, your career. Yeah. Well, you'd fit right in on a construction site. Just walk true. in. You don't have to get any safety gear. You'd be set. Um, would you rather... <laughs> Okay, just if you're listening, I'm literally picking these totally at random. This one just came up. <laughs> Would you rather marry the smartest person in the world or the hottest person in the world? I married both. <laughs> Home run, babe. I just I just set that up for you. I just lobbed that in. You knocked it out of the park. I did too. So, um, Would you rather have four feet or four hands? 
Four hands. You could do a yeah, lot more. Same. I mean, imagine playing, playing guitar, playing yes, piano you would with be the four hands. Best shredder ever. Would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Depends. Yeah, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. What does it depend on for you? How good the actual, like, the author is. Because some books maybe aren't great because it's not a great written book. But maybe it's still, like, the story is there. And then, like, a movie director is just able to translate it so much better onto, like, Yeah, so I guess it depends on who the author is, who the director is. That's me, too. We're so in line. This is, we're off to a good start. I guess that's true. Would you rather only being able to whisper or only being able to shout? Whisper. Really? Yeah, I think. How come? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be a, like a loud, obnoxious person. Although I feel yeah. like I, 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 apparently I am quite loud when I'm on the phone. That's what I hear. Yeah, you're pretty loud. But I agree. I think it's easier to amplify a whisper than it is to like muffle a shout. So, I feel like you sound kind of mysterious, you know, if you whisper. Maybe people listen yeah. better. Yeah, people would really lean in. They'd want to like, hear what you're saying. It must be saying. something so important. Mm, that's actually, well, that's actually a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, would you rather eat dog food or cat food with every meal? N- neither. I think I'd choose cat food. Really? Well, usually it's like tuna or something. You know, it's more like, yeah. It feels more real. Dog food like is, can be like just dry. But at the same time, oftentimes people do give their dog like leftover leftovers, like human food leftovers. Oh, that's true. So it depends on, I'm not very good at this game because I'm not saying eat, like I'm not answering one of the options. I'm, I always have a, a third, a third option, option. <laughs> like a more, uh, realistic, realistic. Yeah. I'm too realistic for this game. Um, well, would you rather give up pizza or pasta forever? Pizza, probably. No, that's crazy. I know. This is where we disagree. Pizza is the best food that's ever been invented. And if there's one food I had to eat for the rest of my life forever, always, every single meal, it would would be be pizza. pizza. In fact- Like the proper Italian though, pizza. No, no, I could do Little Caesars. That's true. That's where we're very- I could do Domino's. If you're listening, you don't know what that is. Uh, It's like fast fast food pizza. It's like- North American fast food pizza. Yeah. Because it has like pepperoni on it. Oh, that's the good stuff. I know I, I'm probably outnumbered here because uh, this is obviously a podcast for European church yes. leaders. And uh, so likely the opinion is uh, leaning in your favor, which I just want to say for the record, there's nothing better than like an actual beautiful Italian pizza um, with, you know, great mozzarella cheese. Yes, you like the margarita. Just I do. Good cheese, little it almost, basil on it. It almost can't be beat. Um, good tomato sauce, so like, I mean, good if, crust. Oh, yeah. If I'm going to choose, I mean, that's the one I'm choosing. But here's the thing with pizza. There is so much uh, variety. It's true. But it's the same with pasta. You could do make it. Las- okay, this is maybe not interesting for our listeners. But, no, it is. Um, you can make us. lasagna. You can make like ravioli that is like stuffed. Or you okay. can make it mm. uh, really like light, like a lemon pasta. Or you could do like a more heavy pasta, more creamy or like meaty. You can do a vegetarian. It's the same with pizza in many ways. But I still feel like pasta gives you more shapes. That's a good point. Well, you may be, <laughs> you may be convincing me. Either way, we're getting super fat. Yeah. <laughs> like just overweight <laughs> if every single meal La of the day. Vita. 
Hey, that's what I think. We should be All asking right. these questions to John Burfelt, who was on the podcast. A he was weeks on the ago. podcast. That's true. He lives in in Italy, so I feel like he would have a well informed opinion on this. <laughs> he would have a good opinion on this. That's true. Um, okay, just a couple more. Uh, would you rather eat soup with a knife or eat steak with a spoon? Steak with a spoon. Yeah, me too. If this it's is, like a really like tender falling apart. This is a dumb one. Um, okay, would you... Let me see. By the way, I don't know what website this is on, so I'm like filtering live as I'm doing this. They're not all <laughs> uh, super great. So, okay, would you rather win an Olympic gold medal or a Nobel Prize? Nobel Prize. Yeah, me too. For sure. Although both are great achievements. You should be proud of both. If you have, I, I would very gratefully receive either. Yeah, but I think that more people have won that Olympic gold medals than Nobel Prizes. And also I feel like generally more people are benefiting maybe from you receiving a Nobel Peace Prize or Nobel Prize. Yeah, that's true. Because the Nobel Prize, you win it for like a contribution you made yes. to the betterment of society the world generally or at least your field i guess that's kind of also true with uh gold medal but any medal yeah great accomplishments both of them they are great accomplishments but you can win gold medals these days in like yeah but an olympic one that's like obviously like that's top that's the top especially in things like um uh uh I think your phone's ringing. Is my phone ringing? Oh, it is. Yeah. Who is it? It's my mom. I'll call her back. Yeah, that's good. Hi, mom. Um, what I was saying is that I think that you can... Okay, here's what I mean. Right now, me sitting here across from you, I think I'm closer right now to winning an Olympic gold medal than I am to winning a Nobel Prize. Really? But Olympic gold, you only have like a short amount of years, really, where you're like prime age. No, that's okay. That's true of, you know, some of the big ones. If we're talking like the 100 meter, the 200 meter, the 400, a lot of those big track events. But if I'm going for like, uh, like skeet shooting or archery, I got the rest of my life. No, you still need to be like your best shape physically. I swear if you gave me a decade I could compete in the Olympics in archery. But still, uh, like a Nobel <laughs> Prize, you still kind of have like your whole career, kind of your whole life. Uh, I can't believe I just said that. Um, yeah, I feel like you need to uh, you need to prove people now that it, you can you can do it. It's probably not true, but there are a number of sports where I still feel like okay, if I committed myself every day to doing that now, regardless of you know m- my physical ability or just like natural. Uh, like the body that I've been born with. Because look, I'm not going to become a track star. And no. Th- those years Sorry. are behind me. Yes. Right? Maybe if I was a 16-year-old young buck talking about it right now, I could do it. But uh, I don't think I'm going to uh, do it now. So Sorry. What are you closer to, gold medal or Nobel Prize? Probably neither. But uh, <laughs> if any, I, I for sure, uh, Nobel Prize. I'm not a very athletic person. So true. that ship has sailed. All right, last question. Would you rather your neighbors be noisy or nosy? Nosy. I feel like you don't want to have noisy neighbors. I'm with you on that. I think. I'd rather Again, they be no- rather nosy. rather n- neither. But, um, yeah, they can yeah. poke their nose around. And, uh, I mean, 
Feel as long free. as they're not tras- trespassing. But, uh, nah, but <laughs> anyway, I think that they would, uh, yeah, no problem. They can be nosy. All right. Well, Hey, uh, I got to know you a little bit more <laughs> and, uh, hopefully if you're listening, you got to know us a little bit more. I don't know if you did. Uh, well, whether or not you did, I had fun doing that anyways. Yeah. So there you go. That's always good. A little warm up. Yeah. But Hey, let's talk a little bit about ECGI. Mm-hmm. Um, about where we're going with it, about mission, vision, values, all those different types of important things that really help to um, position us and really help to set us in the direction that God would have us go. Mm. Um, and so just to uh, remind everybody listening of our mission uh, at ECGI, and if you don't know, by the way, ECGI stands for the European Church Growth Initiative. And Victoria and I are the executive directors of the Euro- European Church Growth Initiative, And our mission is this, to equip churches, pastors, and leaders for influential ministry. And really, it's our goal to provide leaders and churches um, and pastors with the resources and the structure and the teaching and the training that they need in order to expand their reach and see their communities transform. And, you know, one thing that we say is we want to amplify their ability, stretch their capacity, and encourage their confidence. And I think that for Victoria and I, we have, I mean, we've been pastoring for a long time now, actually. Um, although it feels like we just blinked and you know, we're, we're here, but we also recognize that when it comes to pastoring a church and when it comes to even being in a leadership position in a church, there are many times along the way where you just wish you had either somebody to reach out to a different point of view somebody that would um, have an answer for you, somebody that could hold you accountable, somebody that could quite honestly just encourage you. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we do that. Um, We really do. And so when we say equip churches, pastors, and leaders for influential ministry, it's like, okay, well, equip them with what, right? Like that's kind of like, what what do you mean equip? What what does that word even talk about? And really we want to equip them with whatever it is that they they might need. And we recognize that Victoria and I, we might not have the answers, but we want to make sure that we connect people with the answers to whatever their situation, whatever their question, whatever their struggle may be. Um, We've been blessed to um, really meet many great pastors and leaders uh, across Europe and across the world who have been doing ministry for a long time and who really want to pour into other churches, especially young churches, new churches, church plants. And we want to make sure that we can make those connections actually happen, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what we're seeing is um, uh, as we've been meeting with the uh, with the colleagues, I guess you could call it, on yeah. uh, on, on on the fields of ministry and uh, and church building and all these things, are a lot of young leaders, young pastors that are. Um, just in need of encouragement and mentorship and have questions, very practical questions on how to build church and also ministry life, family life. And then we also meet a lot of older leaders and pastors, not necessarily even older, but that have been been doing this for a while. And they would love to be able to pour into people. They would love to be able to share uh, the lessons that they have learned. They would love to share the, the insights, the what to do and what not to do and all these things. And to be able to uh, build bridges between that and be able to 
Um, also just ask people questions like, well, hey, what do you feel like you need in this season of life and season of ministry? Uh, how can we help you? How can we support you? Yeah. Uh, just creating. There's so many great um, networks and, and, and um, organizations that are already doing many great things. But it, this is something that we, we, we really do feel that God has placed on our hearts and that we are seeing that we actually have in our hand through the, through the many connections that we have and, and relationships that we have. So we're very excited about the doors that God are opening, the conversations that we have been having. Obviously, it's an interesting time to be, be launching a ministry like this with the, with the pandemic going on. Uh, but it's it's exciting to see and, and and just right now just listening in at what we're hearing from from churches and from pastors and leaders and right. uh, and to see where God uh, God is going to lead us. And so, in some ways, um, you know, just to help even organize this conversation, um, and we've just been talking about this, but the group that we seek to serve, we want to talk right now, real quick, about the group we seek to serve, the problem we seek to solve, and the change we seek to make and then how we're going to actually do that. And so quite simply, the, the group we seek to serve is exactly what Victoria was just speaking about and what I was saying as well. I mean, ultimately, it's pastors and church leaders in Europe. That's the group that we seek to serve. But specifically, if we get really specific, because there's a lot of pastors and church leaders in Europe, um, pastors and church leaders who dream of a thriving and life-giving and Jesus-believing church that impacts many lives with yeah. the gospel. Um, that's the type of person that we want to serve. Yeah. Not just the person that's interested in whatever, just building their own kingdom. Yeah. Maintaining. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or just maintaining a status quo or anything like that. But we want to really serve these pastors and church leaders that have a dream on their heart, mm -hmm. a dream to um, build a thriving and life-giving and Jesus-believing church that makes an impact on the lives of many people. And also pastors and leaders who have a heart to plant churches in their local communities. This is something we're also really passionate about. Yep. Um, we want to make sure that they're resourced and equipped and just that, that they know that there's somebody standing in their corner cheering them on. Yeah, that's um, huge. It, it's so huge. And we want to connect them with the right resources and even uh, anything that we can to make sure that they are set up for success mm -hmm. and set up for a win, whatever that looks like for yep. them. And it's it's different depending on context because a church plant in um, one country in Europe looks very different than in another country of Europe, it looks very, I mean, a church plant in Sweden looks very different than a church plant in Greece. Yep. Um, it's just how it is. Mm -hmm. But then there's some things that are, that are similar. Yep. Some struggles that are actually, yeah. they're kind of universal yep. when it comes to planting churches. And we just want to make sure that we're there for people. And so really that is the group that we seek to serve. And then the problem that we seek to solve um, really is, uh, number one, we see... As European church pastors ourselves, we uh, th this is what is cool for us is that we are also local church pastors here That's in right. Europe. And, you know, we just see too many churches shutting their doors, mm -hmm. having to close down. In Europe, I think we see way too many churches that um, that are just museums at this point, but were once a thriving center for ministry yeah. and for preaching and proclaiming the name of Jesus. But now it's like, okay, it's just, you know, it's an old church in the center of the city, and it, it's more of a relic of what once was as opposed to um, a place where people come and they really experience the power of the name of Jesus. And not only that, but even within Europe, I mean, it, it's really, in many ways, it's such a post-Christian culture across Europe. And in many parts of Europe, I mean, certainly for us here in Sweden, it's a very secular culture. Mm -hmm. People might not even know who Jesus is. 
Yeah. They wouldn't know the benefit of a church at all. They've probably perhaps never even set foot in a church. Even at the times of year where many people do go to church, whether mm-hmm. it's like uh, Christmas or Easter or something, certainly in a place like Sweden, uh, that's a foreign concept to a lot yeah. of people, isn't it? Yeah, it's so true. Many of my uh, classmates growing up here in Sweden, both in, you know, uh, when I was I was younger in school, but even at university and even uh, later on with colleagues, a lot of them have never really met a, a Christian before, someone who actually goes to church who has a like a, a thriving relationship a, a, an actual relationship with jesus and wow. it's such a strange thing to them that and usually they just have so many questions because it's just so foreign to them like what do you mean you go to church like every sunday and yeah. what does that look like and maybe their um their view of church would be you know from from maybe having attended a wedding at a, at a church or maybe a, a like a baby baptism or uh, a confirmation or something like that, but it's very strange the the fact that people actually go to church and they have a hard time understanding what that actually looks like. But it's uh, generally, I actually find that people are super curious about it. Hmm. I think that they are, mm-hmm. and that's actually like when we talk about this. Um, I think it'd be easy to feel hopeless, but actually, yeah. I'm quite hopeful. Same, yeah. I, I I feel like we we have the hope of Jesus with us. And he is the hope of the world. That's right. And I agree. It's interesting to hear people's curiosity around yeah. church and especially around church as we're building it and mm-hmm. as establishing it, because it's a bit of a radical departure from what yeah. they would think of as church. So although people don't have any context for church, or I guess maybe their context is sort of that old building in the city and, um, you know, that's kind of what church would be for them. Right. Traditions. Uh, tra- it's, it's tradition. Holidays. It's, yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. But the way that we do church now is a radical departure mm-hmm. from that. And so that, I think, sparks an interest in people where they say, wait, I didn't realize that church could could be that. And I didn't know that, you know, you could find such great friendship and such great community yeah. within church. Yeah, and that's, that's a big one. That's a big one because outside of church, I, I think a lot of people are struggling for community. Yeah. Uh, people find it in their jobs or like the, through their hobbies or those types of um, activities, which is great, you know. But church is such a, um, it's such a, an obvious meeting point mm-hmm. for Christians, certainly, and a place to meet people that you have things in common with and that you can do life with and they can encourage you and just be with you. So you have something bigger in common, more than just yeah. like, you know, a hobby or an interest or something like that, but actually something that is the foundation of your life. I think that what this past year really has shown a lot of people is the quality of the relationships they have, the friendships that they have the lack maybe of it, yeah. lack of community. Cause really it's not easy once you become kind of an adult, once you're out of school to meet new people, yeah. you meet new people, obviously at work, if you have new colleagues and stuff like that, but where else do you really meet new people? And where do you find those deep relationships, those deep friendships that are not just uh, superficial, but that actually you talk about the real stuff in life, you know, about everything from like relationships, marriage and, and kids. Um, when you go through hard times, like yeah. when, having your faith as that common ground to stand on, to be able to encourage one another in, I think there's actually a huge cry for that in society. And people might not know that that's what they're, they're needing, what they're lacking in life, but that is the mission of the church, which is why we're so passionate about equipping churches in Europe uh, with with just the, the tools that they need to be able to reach their communities and reach their cities. Because really, we, we believe that the, that the church is 
what God is building. It's what he said that he will build and he invites us to be a part of it. He wants us. We are the church. Uh, but we really need to be able to be strategic in how we're reaching our communities. Uh, and there's so many great um, tools that we can use to be able to really just reach this world and not just think that, um, you know, church is part of our history, but church is actually part of our future. It's yeah. not just a museum. It actually is part of our future. It is what this world needs. Yeah. It's still what God has given um, the world as as his, his uh, as, as the, the tool to reach uh, the, the world. And it's... Uh, that's exciting. This gets me going. Amen. So that's the problem that we seek to solve, really. Um, you know, Europe needs more uh, God-glorifying, Bible-believing, world-changing, uh, people-encouraging churches. Yeah. And we want to see that happen. Amen. Um, okay. And then uh, the change that we seek to make. So we talked about the group we seek to serve, the problem we seek to solve, and the change that we seek to make. We've kind of been touching on this as, as well, that we want to see life-giving churches planted across this continent. Um, and we want to help provide the resources to make that a reality. And so that, that means things like leadership resource, mm -hmm. things like financial resource, things like relationship resource. And we want to be a conduit that, that builds a bridge between what churches need and the answers to those questions and those problems, whatever it might be. We want to see pastors connected, equipped, mentored, released, encouraged, um, and make sure that nobody is left feeling like they're alone. Yeah, Nobody's feeling That's like important. they're building church in a vacuum on their own and they don't have anybody on their team mm -hmm. or on their side that is just encouraging them and is just calling them up and saying, hey, how you doing? Yeah, We hope that you're doing okay. Um, because there's too many pastors that are this way. Too many pastors don't have any friends in ministry. Too many pastors struggle um, and don't know who to go to for help. Too many pastors feel like uh, they're ready to quit, especially in this after this year. Um, and that's just not good enough for us. That's no. just not okay. And we're not just going to settle for that being a reality for pastors. Um, we want to make sure pastors and church leaders have what they need and have people in their corner, people that are praying for them so that when a pastor is going through a tough time in their life, they don't have to just pretend like everything is totally okay with themselves, but they know, okay, I can call so-and-so um, and they're going to pray for me yeah. and they're going to be there with me. And they're there in the good times and they're there in the tough times and I'm not on my own mm. building church. We yeah. know how powerful that's been for us in our life. Yeah. And we just want to see that for other yeah. people as well. And we know that Europe is um, obviously it's not a, a huge continent, but there's a lot of countries and there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of big cities, but there's also a lot of smaller cities. And how can we um, reach those churches, re reach those pastors that maybe are a little bit more isolated because they're a little bit further on the countryside? Yeah. Maybe their country is a little bit kind of further away from like, you know, the happening center of of Europe. How can we reach those pastors and to encourage them and to let them know that they're not alone and to. Uh, just, yeah, again, just, I think a huge thing is encouragement that, Hey, keep on going. Yeah. I love the the image that you kind of have shared Luke about how we, we meet pastors on the battleground. I'm going to miss him. <laughs> you, you, you say it. Well, it's like, um, you know, on the battlefield of faith and mm. church planning and church building at ECGI, we want to, uh, we want to, you know, pastors are the soldiers yes. in this. We want to bring them some bread yeah, and we want to come out and we want to sharpen their weapons. Yes. On and the battlefield. On the battlefield. Yeah. And know? I think that's a powerful image because we are in a fight, Yeah, you know, a spiritual fight and we are fighting for 
uh, for God's will, for his will to to happen here on, on earth as in heaven. And it's important that we are able to actually meet people where they're at and to encourage them in that moment, in that season, that to not give up. That is so huge. That's right. That's right. So how do we do this? Um, there's three things that we really focus on. We make connections, we create experiences, and we tell stories. And so the first thing is we make connections. We've been talking about this a lot, but we want to make sure that the connections are made between leaders and other leaders. So there's community and mm-hmm. relationship. We want to make sure that connections are made between churches and other churches so that even churches feel like they're not on their own or totally uh, alone. We want to make sure that there's connections made between churches and resources. So whatever it is that they might need, whether it's even a, you know, a new model for discipleship or a new way of thinking about things like connect groups, um, we want to make sure that they have whatever resources might be necessary for them. And we want to make sure that connections are made between questions and answers. Yeah. If, if a pastor or leader has a question on how to do this or what's, what's the best practice for you know, this aspect of church for maybe the organizational structure or the health of yes. my church or these kinds of things, it's like we want to make sure that they have access to that and that they have an answer to that. Um, so that's important for us. So we make connections and we also we create experiences. So with ECGI, we're looking to do... Um, even like a, a yearly, a yearly, uh, church leaders I like conference. Yearly. I think it's kind of Europe, yearly, a yearly, <laughs> a yearly church leaders conference yeah. where we can actually just bring in, um, you know, some great guest teachers and speakers, uh, and we can gather church leaders, um, from all across Europe to actually just be poured into, to be encouraged, to, uh, get a, dream bigger, mm. to dream again, to have a, a new vision for their city. Yes. Whether whether their city is a million people or a thousand people, yeah. we need to dream big for our cities. Yes. We need to think about how we can impact our cities. And we want to make sure that people are feeling inspired to do that. Yes. Whether they've been pastoring there for what feels like a million years <laughs> or what, what has actually just been one year. Yes. We want to make sure that people really get that. And we think that doing that at a, a conference is a great way to do that, to actually just gather together, but then spread out again, yeah. go back to our respective places and just pour out out of how we've been filled up. Yeah. We also want to look at doing um, things like more more local meetup days mm-hmm. within various countries where we can contextualize a little bit, um, a little bit more specifically for how church can be built well within that country, within that region, and how we can invite some local church pastors who are doing great things in those countries to come in and teach and share from their experience as well as to what it looks like pastoring in that, that local context. Um, and then we want to provide things like online digital seminars and teachings from great pastors and leaders from all over the world um, that we really feel people will benefit from yeah. also. That's important. And then we tell stories. And so what is this about? Well, we want to collect and tell the stories of what God is doing across Europe. Um, again, God is doing great, great, great things. So often we just hear about how everybody's like leaving the church in Europe and churches are closing down and, and all that kind of stuff. And well, there's a, a certain, certainly a reality to that. There's another reality that God is doing miraculous yes. things all across Europe. And we want to make sure that people are aware of that. We want to celebrate the stories of how God has been moving in big and small ways. And we want to uh, do this by sharing it on platforms like social media um, and making sure that people in Europe can be inspired and challenged and encouraged by all that God is doing. And it's amazing just to hear um 
personal stories of life transformation that yeah. have been happening. Even just so. this podcast is a huge forum for that. That's right. Uh, where yeah. we're going to be able to share. Uh, we have lots more coming up in the fall. And we're going to be interviewing and talking to European church leaders and get to hear their stories and what's happening in, in different parts of Europe. So there's lots of exciting things that are coming up. Yeah, there really are. So, hey, that's a little bit about um, what we're doing with ECGI. And again, this summer, Victoria and I, we've been planning and dreaming um, mm. for all that's ahead. And again, we're thankful that you're on this journey with us. It yes. means a lot. Yeah. And if you want to know more about ECGI, uh, go to ecgi.se. And check out our website there. Mm -hmm. You can also contact us. If you, if listen, if you're interested in being involved at all in any way, or you want some more information from us, or you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can always email uh, info at ecgi.se and we'll get back to you. And we would love to further that conversation of what that can look like and how you can be involved. Um, you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that's on our website. Yeah, where uh, we give monthly up. updates on what's happening, praise reports and prayer requests. Yeah, all that all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, please sign up for that. Um, or if you want to support us financially, you can do that on our website as well. And really, it's, uh, it's the giving of so many faithful people that is really allowing us to do this. And uh, that giving is really going to, um, it, it contributes so much to us being able to impact so many lives with the, the gospel of Jesus Amen. all across Europe and see churches just build and thrive and doing amazing things in Jesus yeah. name. So you can also Amen. go to ecgi.se uh, and there's like a donations page there and you can go ahead and you can donate through that. And we'd love for you to do it. If you're in Canada donating, it's uh, uh, tax deductible giving. And so you'll get a tax receipt for that at the end of the year um, as well. So, uh, Consider that, uh, prayerfully consider that, and it would make a huge difference for us as well. But hey, we want to thank you uh, for listening in, for tuning in. If you enjoyed On Point and you haven't listened to some of the previous episodes, make sure you go back. We've had great conversations yes. with great church leaders. And I know we we're going to talk about that a little bit in this podcast, but uh, we're running out of time. So yes. we'll save it for another time. But we've had some incredible conversations. Yes, we're with, off to a great start. Yeah, with amazing pastors, yeah. honestly, from all, from all across Europe. Yeah. And it's been really cool. So go back, dive into those episodes. You don't want to miss out on them. Uh, also, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure that you give it a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us. Uh, and also share it with somebody. Just send it, send them the link. Uh, we'd love for you to do that. It makes a big difference in us being able to get the word out about what we're doing and uh, to continue to grow this thing. So make sure that you do that as well. But hey, have an awesome rest of your week, wherever it is that you might find yourself. I know that Victoria and I are, again, really thankful that you would join us and that you would spend this time with us today. So have a great rest of your week, wherever you are, and be blessed. Amen. Come on. <laughs>